I, um, if you've got your Bibles, turn with me today, please, to the book of John 17. And uh, Anna preached a great word last week. Wasn't that good? And uh, I want to thank her for that, her preparation. And it was just a great beginning, you know, just to eliminate the hurry, just to, you know, rest and trust in God and uh, go into this new year in that kind of a posture. And I just really want to thank her for that. And if you've missed it, go back and have a little listen. But um, I want to preach a word today called, Not of This World. So let's live in such a way. How many know God's doing some great things? And, uh, you know, He's, he's uh, getting us in that place of, of just preparedness. And, uh, you know, in worship last week, there were two phrases that I felt God put in my heart. was, work worthy, walk worthy of your calling. And the second phrase was, be separated unto me. A few years ago, I can remember being at a conference and a prophetic word came out. And there was a phrase in this conference that said this, that I will pour out my spirit beyond measure to a people who will live without mixture. And, uh, and I just felt it captured this thought, what God is wanting to do. You know, there's not one of us in this room that don't want God to do extraordinary things in our hearts, in our marriages, in our families, in our businesses, in our finances, you name it. Whatever that is, you want God all over it, amen. But the reality of it is, is that God wants to be all over it. But the fact is, is this, that we're peculiar, a little bit strange. Hey, I'll fill you in on a, some are a little bit stranger than others, all right? <laughs> Look in the mirror lately. But um, I tell you this, is that God wants to pour out. There's no question about how God wants to pour out. But I tell you this, it comes with a condition and a responsibility. The reality is, is that without measure comes without mixture. And the fact is, is we can't live in two worlds. God's calling us into a walk of holiness. We can't live like the world lives and expect the blessings of God to flow all over us. You know, the Bible says that two things can't flow out of the one vessel. And so the reality is, is there's this work that God is doing on the inside of us. And if we want all what God wants, then we've got to be in that place to be able to give all that we have to give so that God can do what God wants to do. Amen. I was thinking this year that we would know the awareness of God's presence in greater ways, that we would walk with the assurance of God in our hearts all of the time, that we would live in an understanding of, us, of, of His authority that it's already released in us. And so I've called today's message, not of this world, so let's live in such a way. Amen. What if we were to live a kingdom first year, respond quicker to his voice, dig deeper in his word, grow stronger in our faith, step into the opportunities and lean more into the calling of what God has called us to. Every single one of us in this room have been gifted by God, called by God to do extraordinary things. And the reality is this, is we've just got to lean into those things not with the huff and the puff and the strive, but as Anna said even last week, with God. It's finding God in the small and the everyday things. The Bible says in 2 Chronicles 16.9, For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. And uh, you know, the New King James himself strong, to strengthen, the Bible says in the NIV, to strengthen our hearts. 
The New American says this, to strongly support those. How many of you want to be strongly supported this year? How many want God to strengthen everything about us? Are we ready? Are we expectant? Are we looking forward to it? You know, God is looking to see who is looking for him. And that was like we did this morning. We could have just sung a song and ended it, but we decided to linger in it because our gaze was on him. And he was looking to see who was looking at him. Amen. Looking to see who is looking to him. Who is positioned to walk with him. Who is looking to seek after him. And again, this condition is loyal hearts, New King James. Blameless hearts, American Standard. Devoted hearts, the Berean version. The NLT says fully committed hearts or those whose hearts are completely his. I will pour out without measure to a people who live without mixture. Father, I want to thank you today that we're in for a great year. There's not one of us in this place that you don't know everything about. And so, God, we take comfort in that. We thank you that even knowing all things, Lord, you still look at us with love and grace and mercy. You look at us as a loving father who wants the very best for his kids. And so, God, we thank you today that this word, you just do something fresh in our hearts in the name of Jesus. And we said, amen. amen. Jesus prayed an incredible prayer in John 17. It was just days before he went to the cross. And I want us to read it today because I want us to understand the, the motive and the, the understanding that God has got for us. Um, again, you know, we're in this world, but we're not of the world. And Jesus said these things, um, verse 1 of 17. After saying these things, Jesus looked up to heaven, Father, and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so he can give glory back to you. For you have given him authority over everyone. And he gives eternal life to each one you have given him. And this is the way to have eternal life. To know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. For I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Now, Father, bring me into the glory we shared before the world began. I have revealed you to the ones you gave me from this world. And they were always yours. For you gave them to me and have kept your word. And now they know that everything I have is a gift from you. And I have passed on to them the message you gave me. They accepted it and know that I came from you. And they believe that you sent me. For my prayer is not for the world, but for those you gave me, because they belong to you. All who are mine belong to you, and you have given them to me, so they bring me glory. Now I'm departing from the world, and they are staying in this world, but I'm coming to you. Holy Father, I pray, you, gave, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name. So they that will be united just as we are. 
For during my time here, I protected them by the power of your name that you gave me. I guarded them so that no one was lost except the one headed for destruction as the scriptures foretold. For now I'm coming to you and I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. For I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world but to keep them safe from the evil one. For they do not belong to this world any more than I do. So make them holy by your truth and teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I'm sending them into the world. For I gave myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. Amen. What a great passage of scripture. All scripture is good scripture. Jesus prayed these prayers hours before he faced his end and his death on the cross. I want you to understand something today. And there's three things, three words I want you to write down. I want you to write down relationship. I want you to write down responsibility. And I want you to write down representation. Because this is what Jesus' message was to us. These were the things that he wanted to speak to us. And his prayer was not to rescue us out from the world, but rather it was one to strengthen us in the world, to make us holy, to teach them your word, to may they experience and be one just as we are one. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them. Let me say this to you. Whatever you do in your day job, you have a superior calling. You're doing that in your day job because that is your superior calling. Because you want to bring the kingdom of God wherever you are in the face of the earth. Amen. We all get paid from different places. But our mission in this world is to represent Him. Our mission is in this world is to reflect Him into the world that we live. Amen. And so to understand this is that we're living in a time where God is raising up the church, where God is putting in confidence into our character and in, into our being so that we would reflect and bring glory from our life back to Him. And Jesus has said these words. He says, you know, there's still a work to be done. There's still assignments to fulfill. There's still people who need to hear the message of God. There are still people who need to experience the power of God. Jesus came and completed the work that the Father had sent for him to do. He came, he came and finished the mission. He demonstrated what it was to have a relationship. He preached the kingdom of God. He destroyed the works of the evil. And he conquered sin and death by becoming the sacrifice for our sin. And then he said to us, I'm now sending you into the world to do what I've called you to do. Are you ready for a great year? Amen. Amen. I, know, I don't know about you, but we've got family that we're praying to believe to come into the kingdom of God. There's things that we want to see healings in. We, there's things that we want to see God just enlarge the capacity of our influence. There's all these things that, that uh, you know, is on God's heart. But the one thing, the one thing that we need to understand is that it all comes from our relationship with Him. It all comes from that place, is the pursuit 
of God. Jesus said, this is the way that you have eternal life. This is what I've opened up for you. And this is now your life's pursuit. To know him, to know God, to know the only true God, to to know Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. For I brought glory to you here on the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Number one, relationship. Number two, responsibility. Number three, representation. If you're a dad, we have a call. If we are a husband, we have a call. If we are a son of God, we have a call. We have to be and understand we are in relationship with the Father. Amen? We have a responsibility. It's not just a bless me on a Sunday. It's not a pick-me-up. This is not about come to church to get pumped up for the week. This is about, no, come sit in the Word of God, get strengthened, get encouraged, get in fellowship, get into worship. Why? Because God has got missions for all of us every single day of our lives. Amen? Responsibility. And Jesus said, thirdly, he says, I came to bring you glory. And these will bring glory unto you. Paul said this in Philippians. He said, Indeed, I count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, in whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. That I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Amen? You know, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him. That's our pursuit. That's our priority. That's our understanding. That we have all sorts of different things that we can do, but if we aren't found in Him, we're missing something. If we're not living in Him, we're living less than what God has called. If we are not reflecting Him in everything that we do every single day, then God wants to shine the light a little brighter from our heart. Amen. Because God's got good things for us to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking who he can show himself strong on their behalf. Who's looking for God today? Amen. Paul longed to be found in him, postured his heart, and that's where it was. The same thing is for us is that, you know, in our everyday lives, there will be giants, there will be challenges, there will be opposition but that's okay because his prayer was not to take us out from the world but he would strengthen us in the world that he would bring his word and bring us into that place of maturity that he would take our lives and cause us to become more holy in him that the righteousness of God would be outworked in our lives that we wouldn't understand that we wouldn't want to hold on to the things of the world because we're not of this world we're of another. So let's live in such a way. Amen. We're not of this world. We are in it, but we are not of it. Number one, three things for this year. Our conflict with the world is because we're in it, but we're no longer of it. John, uh, Romans um, 12 verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. You know, to be 
People of the world means to be following the unbelieving world's values, their beliefs, and their conducts. And we've got to understand, don't just follow what everybody else does. Don't just think like the world thinks. If you're a believer and if you're a Christian and you profess Jesus, then look at what you're looking at. Look at what you're believing. Look at where you're learning from. Look at what you're saying. Look at where it is reflective of the kingdom of God. Because if it's not, it's the wrong kingdom. Amen. There's the understanding that we are in the world, but we are no longer of the world. God has started this work of transformation. So keep being transformed. Don't give up. Keep going. Understand the process. He who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the very end. Remember those old Punch and Judy dolls? You punch them, you knock them over, and they come back up. It's like that. You know, we, we as we walk with Jesus, you know, there's days that are good, there's days that are not so good, but we get back up and we keep walking with him because that's where we want to be. That's where he wants us to be, close by and following in his footsteps. We are in the world uh, now, but there are conflicts of interest because all of a sudden as believers, we can see the subtleties of sin. We understand that what we sow in life is what we reap. And so God can't take away some of those principles because he's the one that put them in place. So we can't walk on two sides of the fence without getting hurt. God's calling us to separate ourselves for him. God's calling us to come out of those things that are entangling us to live a life of holiness. Amen. God's calling us to step up to a greater way of thinking because he's made a way for us to think differently. Amen. The world and all that is, here's some fun facts. The world is under the control of the devil. 1 John 5.19 For we know that we are of God and the world lies under the sway of the wicked one. Ephesians 3, uh, 2, 1 and 3 says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Let me say this, that the world is such a beautiful place in so many places, but yet it's so broken, and it's so morally flawed, and it's so bankrupt. And its patterns, its processes, and its principles are all skewed to live a life outside of God and in rebellion to God. The world is under the control of the wicked one. Number two, the world is wicked. 1 John 2.16, he says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Be careful what we love. The Message Bible says this, Don't love the world's ways. Don't love what the world has to offer. The love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, wanting your own way, wanting everything for yourself, wanting to appear important, has nothing to do with the Father. It just isolates you from Him. For the world and all its wanting, wanting, wanting is on its way out. But whoever does what God wants is the one who gets set for eternity. The lust of the eyes, 
sensualism. The lust of the sorry, the lust of the flesh is sensual. The lust of the eyes is material, and the pride of life is all around our ego. Careful what we want. Understand that we're in the world, but we're not of it. The world has its own wisdom. 1 Corinthians 3.9, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. And as it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness. Proverbs 16.25 was always a great favorite. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Be careful what path you walk down. Be careful what gospel you preach. Be careful what pattern of behavior you begin to believe because if it's not based in God's ways, you've settled for something secondary. God's calling us to be in the world but not of the world. The one day the world is at war with Christian believers. John 15, 18 says this, Remember this, if the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. Wear the badge. I've decided. I've decided to follow Jesus. And they'll hate you for that. And they'll say all kinds of nasty things for that. And even family will turn their back and friends will distance themselves. And there will come a price for your decision. But understand that you've stepped into a new way. Don't be surprised. Ultimately, the world will be judged. Acts 17, 30, 31. For God overlooked people's ignorance about these things in earlier times. But now he commands everyone everywhere to repent of their sins and return to him. For he has set a day for judging the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And he proved to everyone who this is by raising him from the dead. There is a day set for this world to be judged finally. Sin was judged at Calvary, but the day of judgment is coming for everybody in the world. Don't, un don't underestimate the fact that people think they live one way, but they're going to stand before a heavenly judge one day and have to give an account for everything. And so here's the thing is to understand that we have this position that we're in the world, but we're not of it. So let's live a different way. Number two, Jesus made a way for us to live differently under the rule of his kingdom. And I love this thought that he came, his message, his ministry and his message was about bringing us into a knowledge of this way to walk in this earth. Philippians 3.18 says this, For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their minds on earthly things. For you, however, are citizens of heaven, which for which we eagerly await for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies and make it conform to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able to subdue all things to himself. How many know this, that God is transforming our lives? And I, and I, want, us to, I want us to be grace-filled and gracious. I don't know about you, but there's a critic, and I think there's a critic that lives in every single one of us. And that critic is very judgmental. It, it whips ourselves. It, it, it puts us down. It, it wants us to, you know, if only I was better, if I should have done this, and I, you know, all of these things. And we've got to be gracious. Like we, we are a fallen, broken vessel. And we've got the greater one living on the inside of us. Amen. 
And this is this work of transformation where God comes to us and He says, keep your eyes up, lift up your eyes as to where your help comes from. Amen. You know, the Bible says to bring all things to Him. Open up, transparent, walk humility, walk openly, walk humbly before our God because God is the lifter up of our hearts. Amen. And so Jesus came with this message and we're to understand that it's this opportunity to step into a new world. Like some of us have been around for a little while and some of us have been around for a long while and, and, and there's always things that we're learning in faith, right? There's always things. But here's the reminder, every single day, step into the life that God has called you to walk in. Amen? And the third thing is this, Lonnie, if you'd want to come, is this, is to be intentional to live a life worthy of the call in which we've been called. Ephesians, this is where this passage, this thought comes from, 4, 1 and 4. Therefore, I, a prisoner serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life. Beg you. Beg you to lead a life. Don't just live a normal life. I beg you to lead a different life, a life worthy of the life that God has called you to live. Amen. Now, I look around in this room here and I see incredible stories of hope, of restoration, of forgiveness, of grace, of all kinds of things. But let me say this, as good as we look on the outside, how many know that we all know the story that we come from? And I was thinking about this the other day, that if our story isn't about boasting about the goodness of our God, then we've got the wrong story. Because every single one of us have been saved by the grace of God. Amen. And what that means is that inside of the story is a myriad of broken pieces that were broken and destroyed and shameful things, things that had happened in our past. If you really knew me, would you still love me? He says, and he knows everything. And I guess that's the story of the gospel. It never stops. Sometimes we're in the house and we fall the greatest. And the Bible says there's a remedy for that. It's why we put in community. He says, don't you be so full of pride to think that the same can't happen to you. Restore such a one in gentleness. Lift them up. Love on them. Tell them how much they're loved by God and that God forgives us as far as the east is from the west. I wish for a greater revelation of that scripture because sometimes the biggest thing that we remember is our past and God says, I've forgotten it. Why? Because He wants us to step into a life that's worthy of our calling. He says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one Spirit, just as you have all been called to one glorious hope and future. Colossians, he says it this way. He says, if then, Colossians 3, 1, if you've been raised with Christ, then seek the things that are above 
where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above and not on things of the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. And so put to death, therefore, that which is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetedness, which is idolatry. And on account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Remember, these things are going to be judged. These things are going to have to stand before the Father. And so he says, don't let this conduct be a part of you. In these two, you all once walked when you were living with them. But now you must put all of those things away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self and have now put on the new, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, seethen, slave, free, but Christ is all in all. So put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another, And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Above all these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful. For let the Word of God dwell richly in you, teaching and admonishing one another in all of wisdom, singing of hymns and psalms and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. Whatever you do, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks. Relationship, responsibility. The third thing, representation. This is the way to eternal life, to know Him, the one true God. To know Jesus, the one whom God sent, and to bring Him glory in all of our life and finish what He's called to do. Jesus hasn't called us to a committed life. He's called us to a crucified one. Ouch. Take that with your sausage roll this morning. He's not called us just to a committed life. He's called us to a crucified life. We are in this world, but we are not of it. So let's live in such a way. Amen. Going to land the plane. Are you ready? Matthew 11, 28 and 30 says, Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Filthy religion works, efforts, trying this, doing that. God's calling us back into relationship. Amen. He says, I come to me and get away with me and you'll recover your life. I want to tell you this, that I've been burnt out once in ministry. I was very young. I've seen Psychiatrists, Christian psychiatrists, a couple of times throughout my ministry life because it's just stuff that happens because we're in the world. 
It's only one. It's only one that can give us our life back. And that's the Lord. Don't let religion get you on the treadmill. Let relationship bring you to the water. Amen. Don't let religion get you on the treadmill of what I should be doing. Let relationship take you to the place of green pastures. Come away again. He says, you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. For I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Amen. Doesn't that sound like Jesus? Just let him love us into life. Not of this world. So let's live different. Holy Spirit, as we finish today, thank you. Lord, that you call us just to a a walk where we would know you more. Relationship that we would steward and be responsible for that which we carry. But the Lord, every day that we would reflect the attitude and gratitude and just the humility and the gentleness of heart. We want to thank you for every single one. That Lord, that our mission is just to see you live through us all in greater measure. Help us, God. As we go home today, reclaim our house. Lord, put aside the things that distract us. Clean out the things that need to be discarded that have taken a higher priority. Help us to walk worthy of the call in which you've called us to so that we may bring your glory in all that we do. We ask in Jesus' name and we said, amen and amen. Well, God bless you. We are out of time. We've had fun today. It's been good, eh? It's like, wow, so good. So good. You know, one of the little things riding in the car the other day and we had a great night with the guys Shane big thanks let's give Shane a great big hand for a whole bunch of guys and we're going to do more of those things this year but um, we need each other amen we really do peculiar is a good word Dippo who said that John thank you Reverend One strange bloke to another. Okay, go. Um, but you know, isn't that the tapestry of God? It takes us all and makes something beautiful of our lives. Don't let the devil tell you that you're not going to get a breakthrough. Don't let the devil tell you it's going to be a hell year. Give him help. Amen? Don't go into the year thinking that it's all too hard. Because God's already before us. So we just got to go with him. Remember that.